welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Thursday of the 14th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who in the abasement of your Son have raised up a fallen world, fill your faithful with holy joy, for on those you have rescued from slavery to sin, you bestow eternal gladness. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Hosea. Thus says the Lord, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and I called my son out of Egypt. But the more I called to them, the further they went from me. They have offered sacrifice to the Baals, and set their offerings smoking before the idols. I myself taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms. Yet they have not understood that I was the one looking after them. I led them with reins of kindness, with leading strings of love. It was like someone who lifts an infant close against his cheek. Stooping down to him, I gave him food. My heart recoils from it. My whole being trembles at the thought. I will not give rain to my fierce anger. I will not destroy Ephraim again. For I am God, not man. I am the Holy One in your midst and have no wish to destroy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. Let us see your face, Lord and we shall be saved. O shepherd of Israel, hear us. Shine forth from your cherubim throne. O Lord, rouse up your might. O Lord, come to our help. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. God of hosts, turn again, we implore. Look down from heaven and see. Visit this vine and protect it. The vine your right hand has planted. Let us see your face, Lord, and we shall be saved. 
Alleluia, alleluia. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe in the good news. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus instructed the twelve as follows. As you go, proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is close at hand. Cure the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. You received without charge, give without charge. Provide yourselves with no gold or silver, not even with a few coppers for your purses, with no haversack for the journey, or spare tunic, or footwear, or a staff. For the workman deserves his keep. Whatever town or village you go into, ask for someone trustworthy and stay with him until you leave. As you enter his house, salute it. And if the house deserves it, let your peace descend upon it. If it does not, let your peace come back to you. And if anyone does not welcome you or listen to what you have to say, as you walk out of the house or town, shake the dust from your feet. I tell you solemnly, on the day of judgment, it will not go as hard with the land of Sodom and Gomorrah as with that town. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes as we're reading through the gospel um, in a continual fashion, it's good to kind of pause and look back and go, all right, where have we come from and where are we headed? And if you remember, a couple of days ago, we finished the ninth chapter of Matthew's gospel where we had a little bit of a summary of what Jesus was doing. He's going around, he's casting out devils, he's preaching in the synagogues, and he's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and curing all kinds of diseases and sickness we hear. And then... Jesus looks at the crowd and he sees that they're harassed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And then he says to his disciples, he says, The harvest is rich, but the laborers are few. So ask the Lord of the harvest to send laborers into the harvest. And then yesterday, of course, we kicked into the 10th chapter of Matthew's gospel and Jesus picks his 12. He's sending laborers into his harvest. And now comes the advice of how to go about being a good labourer in the harvest. Now, there's one line here that, that sort of really grabs my attention. You received without charge. Give without charge. As we read through the gospel, we find these, you know, privileged moments of encounter between Jesus and some of his disciples. And, it, you know, Jesus just walks up and says, look, come follow me. Um, and that, you know, that's especially true of, of, of Matthew, the tax collector. He's talking about, you know, in referring to his own calling, he's just sitting at the customs house and, and Jesus walks in and says, come follow me. And he gets up and walks away. Um, now, you know, we, we might ask about, you know, what kind of attractive power Jesus must have had to, you know, separate a tax collector from his taxes and for Matthew not to look back. I mean, it really must have been extraordinary. But at the heart of it, it's Jesus' choice. He's the one who always takes the initiative. He's the one who always goes out and calls. 
Uh, and, you know, maybe our familiarity with the gospel um, doesn't make us consider what the opposite of that would look like. You know, could you imagine if the disciples were the ones who went out and sought Jesus and said, look, I've got a boatload of cash. Can you coach me in this gospel thing? Can you, you know, be my consultant? Can you be the one who's going to be my, my tutor? Nah, it's exactly the other way around. It's Jesus who reaches out and grabs the disciples and invites them to follow him. Jesus isn't a life coach and he's not getting paid. So he says to them, look, you've received without charge. Everything you have received is a gift. Everything you have received comes from God's providence. The healing that you've received of your sickness. You haven't paid the doctor for it. You've received it freely from God. The gospel that has been proclaimed to you, it's not something that you put out a subscription for. It's something that was poured into your lap from God's divine providence. And the freedom that you've gained from evil, this is something that God has given you. You haven't bought your way out of jail. You've been busted out. You haven't defeated your own enemy. You've had a champion to win the victory for you. The Lord then goes on to give instructions to the apostles that they need to make sure that they live out of that poverty. You know, to carry no gold or silver, not even a few coppers for your purses. No haversack for the journey or a spare tunic or footwear or a staff. Um, and, you know, you, you sort of think, oh my gosh, he's, they're going to have a rough time. Jesus is asking them to live, um, you know, very, very meanly. But stop for a second. Haven't they received absolutely everything from God as a gift already? Something that is completely unmerited. Something that came only from God's free choice, from his election, And so the Lord gives the instruction that they're to take only what they need for the mission, right? You don't need the security of gold or silver or a few coppers. Not not when God, the giver of gifts, is the one who has sent you. You don't need a haversack for the journey, right? You don't need a backpack. What's a backpack for? Well, it's there to help you carry the excess. You don't need any of that. Don't carry a spare tunic because you're wearing one. Don't carry spare shoes because you got them already. You don't need a second staff when there's one in your hand. So what we start to get is a picture of an apostle who's just unencumbered. He's not weighed down. He's running lean and he's running free. He's got footwear. He's got her staff. He's got the capacity to pick up and move. And he doesn't have anything that's holding him back. You know, I once listened to a sermon from the um, vocations director of the Diocese of Rome, um, and he was, he's a biblical scholar and was talking about, um, about this particular point of, of carrying no purse and haversack and all that sort of stuff. Um, and he made a point that, that has really kind of stuck with me ever since. He said, look, what you have extra, you need to defend. You know, if someone comes up to you on the road and you've got, you know, a whole heap of money in your pocket, that person might be a threat to you. 
That person might be eyeing off your cash. In which case, how do you look at them? As someone who might be a potential problem for me. But if I've got nothing to steal, then the person that I encounter on the street is actually now an opportunity. What you know, you, you can't be a threat to me because there's there's nothing you can take. Uh, and as a consequence, I've actually got something to give you. The good news of the kingdom. I've actually got the capacity from Jesus to cure the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse lepers, to cast out devils. What can I do? I received without charge. I can give without charge. Now, I think it's important that we don't fall into a trap of imagining that we haven't received without charge. That, you know, somehow we fall into the temptation of thinking, well, you know, it's really I who have engaged Jesus. You know, it's me who goes to Mass. It's me who gets in the car, turns the car key and drives all all the way to the church. You know, it's me who picked up the book in order to read about Jesus' life. It's, It's me who's, you know, the protagonist in this whole game. And what about this having received without charge, you know? Doesn't the church take a collection every Sunday? Like, come on. I've paid for this. Nah, that's not it at all. The Lord has drawn us into his friendship. He's the one who tapped us on the shoulder. He's the one who has given us the great gift of the healing and forgiveness of our sins in the sacraments. He's the one who nourishes us with his body and blood. He's the one who instructs us with his gospel and leads us forward to new freedom. And he's the one who will give us the ultimate gift of all, which is eternal communion with the Father through him. So, okay, fair enough. You know, most of us probably won't be called to follow in exactly the same way as the apostles living that kind of extreme apostolic life. But those principles, I think, are still important for each one of us because we have received without charge. We are also totally wrapped in God's divine providence that we don't need to worry about the things that we need to defend, the gold or silver, the coppers, the haversack, the spare tunic, the footwear, that there's a freedom that we can obtain by being unencumbered and free to accomplish God's will. I don't need to be weighed down by all of this stuff because God is the one who provides it. I have received everything without charge. And will God now fail me? Why would I let go of the giver and cling to the gift, knowing that the giver can entrust every gift Now, with that loving trust, we can now turn to the Lord and place ourselves at his disposal to be ready to be sent out by him. Now, it might well be that the place that he sends me is my family, to care for my children, to teach them the ways of the gospel, that this is the great mission that's entrusted to me. It might well be that I'm sent out with a vocation to the priesthood or the religious life. It might be that I'm called to live that radical kind of poverty that Jesus is describing. I don't know. But we don't need to weigh ourselves down with all of those things that protect us from God's will and from the threat of others. We've received without charge. Now it's our turn to give without charge.
At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.